0: Listener, production, Cheers. market, the S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is pushing for a 7% wage rise. I'm Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. He is Mr. Andrew Page Esquire, Chief Cooker, Model Washer, Managing Director, the founder, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. He is the straw man. From strawman.com. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very good. Very good, sir. Do I get a job as your hype man after all that? Can I kind of, you know, is there, is there an angle there? Is there an I think
0: you could be the guy that sort of starts the
1: WWF <laughs> sort of wrestle, <laughs> Wrestlemania. Let's get
0: ready to rumble. There we go. There we go, there we go. Mates, yeah. um, it is very good to see you. How have you been? Yeah, you're pretty good. Pretty good. Um, right. As we were just sort of saying off air, it's, you know, it's been a little bit of a quiet week uh, in the investment world. Yeah, business, you
1: know. business-wise, but it's... Business-
0: plenty of news corporate news wise yeah, true. <laughs> there's always something there is always something we'll
1: go, we'll go through that it
0: is after that sort of fire hose of, of earning season where mm. everything's happening at once, <laughs> once and then you sort of get a bit of calm yeah. after that which it, it sort of it takes you back but it's, it's nice it's welcome oh. I think I, I prefer it when it's like this
1: <laughs> can I tell you one of the things I, um, I, I'm appreciating right now I'm not a dividend investor necessarily but it's dividend season. So, so there's the mm. end of kind of uh, earnings season. But I got two or three dividends over the last couple of weeks. I did, I did, there was something really ridiculously very unevolved human about the fact that some money just dropped in my bank account. I like share yeah. prices going up. They kind of feel a little bit less, you know, we know they go up, they go back down. The cold hard cash, I, they, it's hard to beat that.
0: There's a few, com- there's not many. So most, the vast majority of companies will do it twice a year, an interim yeah. and a final dividend. There's a few of them out there that do it on a monthly basis. We got a question about that for the mailbag, but so keep going. Oh, okay. Well, we should elaborate on it there. But okay. Well, it's just it's. I mean, so the yield, the annual yield is the annual yield, and but it's just a question of whether you want it monthly or or, uh, half yearly. and for those that are very much focused on, mm. on the income side of things, it's a really wonderful little uh, benefit for shareholders. I imagine it's more to administer and there's a lot more yeah. hassle for, yeah. for corporate, but um, that's a pretty cool little feature too. So if you wanted that nice little sort of endorphin hit that you're speaking of, Kelly, Kelly Partners, <laughs> I think is
1: one, K, KPG. Yes, that was the one I was asked about. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Yep. So tell, uh, tell me though, because we'll, we'll, we'll half do the question, we'll do the whole question now. I i'm just, i'm i'm actually a, i'm an optimist right listeners know you know i'm a bit of a pollyanna right i want to think the best of everybody i want to think everything's good and i see you know the, the, the economy can be crumbly i'm like yeah but it's going to get better and i'm you know i'm the bloke <laughs> saying don't worry i was like are you serious what's going on anyway um but but i also have a bit of a cynical side sometimes and i kind of try and keep it in check largely i don't want to talk about kelly particularly because i don't want to make any assertions about kelly necessarily or anybody those companies are paying quarterly or monthly how much is just a bit of a gimmick for shareholders? Like, if we do this, they might buy our shares because they might like it. I, I I mean, you know, you can manage your yeah. own cash flow. I'm i just always a bit... I mean, to your point, it's nice to get paid monthly. Like, that's great. And I've said before, the service that we run, Everlasting Income, does exactly that, right? Because people want to be able to manage their cash flows. But when you're the only company that does it, you're not really solving anyone's... Unless you're the only company in your portfolio, it's nice. But yeah. I don't know, it, it feels like... is it Are they not trying too hard? Is there not something about kind of... Okay, come on guys like okay fine but to your point the cost and whatever just just give it to me quarterly or, or half yearly or something I don't know I, I can
0: I no I can see that I, I think
1: in the case of Kelly partners they've just always done it
0: and it's just I've always I'm always very supportive of companies that are very clear and consistent in their strategy even if Absolutely, it's not yes. something that you agree with it but yep. they have just have they have a an unwritten binding agreement with their shareholders that look, as part of an owner in this company, we yeah, commit yeah, to. Yeah. Now you might not like it or you might, but, but you know what you're in for. Yes, and, true. and I think it probably, cause I've I've spoken to the CEO and founder a couple of mm, times, mm. good guys,
1: huge Buffett fan. Oh, massive. Um, oh he can quote, can he? Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we had talked to us 45 minutes and he literally, he must've must thrown about 84 quotes. It was, it was incredible. And to his
0: credit, the business has been growing really well. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's been an, an incredible um, sort of performer. Yep. But I, I I think in that instance, yeah, I think it's just a good thing. And, if, if, and there are, not for us, not the way that we currently invest, that might change in 20 mm-hmm. years. But for a lot of people who are, look, I've just got, mm-hmm. I, I, I want a decent yield. I really like this business. I want it on a monthly basis just so I can manage my cash flows. I'm in. I, I can see yeah, that being yeah. very appealing. Oh, I, and the I'd fact probably, that they okay. take that extra sort of, Uh, admin costs to do that for their shareholders I think I think maybe you are being a bit too cynical in this case (laughs) but if a company turned around if Qantas turned around tomorrow and said we're going to do this and it was a big you
1: know you kind of think that's a bit of a cynical play. I I think that yeah okay so what do you reckon they started given that given they didn't you know you're right they've always done it but it was unusual to start with when you list and say we're going to do something different I, I like, I love original thinking. And I, again, that's what I'm saying. Part of me is like, who cares? That's great. Do, as you say, and I, I said something about Jerry Harvey and others, right? You know what you're getting. Don't yeah. don't buy shares and then complain because they're doing a thing. So you're right. You're yes. absolutely 100% right. I just, it just to to have chosen that approach, given the admin, given the whatever, it, given every, no one else does it. Again, they shouldn't do it just because everyone else does it, but equally, I don't know. It's, it's either boldly, you know, anachronistic and, and, and a kind of classic or it's, it's something. Again, I don't want to talk about Kelly particularly because I don't really care about them. I, I you know, I like Brody. said we've had him speak. The company's done really well, so this is not at all about them. I just, it just when you see something like that, where it's like someone's doing something different, either oh, just different thinkers. Hey, how cool, original, unique, good. Other times, mm. like, well, there might be an opportunity if we just did something different here, and I can't ever get that quite out of my head. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I, I, what I
0: not that a young person should necessarily be focused on income but if you you yeah. often talk about sort of the lessons and the intru- introducing people to investing yeah. what a what a great um, example <laughs> yeah, true, of something it's just sort of like here little um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mary we're going to we're going to put $1,000 in here. And then she sees every month a dividend yeah, check coming in. It might be a that's small true.
1: amount, but it is a little like, oh, this investing thing is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. That's a really, I actually quite like that. That's a very, very good point. I do, I do.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like that's thats a nice little feature. And
1: um, yeah, just that constant reinforcement. What about kids investing, mate? I want to give a bit of a shout out, completely unbidden and I hadn't planned to. Um to Perla, people know, um, I like, I've got a Perla account we talk about before. I've interviewed Nick Nicolaitis on the Good Oil podcast, so check that out if you want to. Um, I have no financial interest. The Motley fellows has no financial interest. Um, they've, they've launched a new app called Perla Head Start. So if, you, if you're investing for kids, just one the, I just, just want to mention it because... They kind of developed this app which kind of lets you show the kids what's going in how it's growing over time uh, you can you can set up a trust account for the child so you avoid the tax stuff all that kind of thing um so i've just literally for my young bloke converted the portfolio i had for him across to that and started using the app so again not not there's nothing in it for me um, other than nick's a good bloke and pearl I seem to be trying to do the right things so it's you know worth supporting them we um, we do get heaps of we do on the mailbag like it's always a question that comes up because people
0: want you know they want to they want to sort of look after their kids future and it's it's a very it's and as we've spoken yeah. before there's not really that many good solutions so
1: yes yeah. so yeah this is, sounds, it sounds at, like
0: i'm spitting for it now
1: as well but yeah it's, it, sounds, it sounds interesting <laughs> mate it's, look i just and i'm not saying people should use it i'm saying if you want to check something out check it out because it's just worth having a look at um because it is just just an interesting way to help kids it kind of it involves them in the process in a way it's not overwhelming for them uh, you mm. can do it as a, a trust account structure so it's all fine like it all works nicely uh, so yeah just if you're looking for an option um worth you download the app to have to have play with the app that's one of the great things about apps these days you don't have to join necessarily to see what's mm. there you can go kind of download it have a look around does it make sense Do you like it yeah okay well then maybe look further if you don't cool go on and there's millions of others mate there's hundreds of hundreds Comsec pocket is still great um there's heaps of really great low little kind of you know micro investing kind of approaches but um, yeah just pull a head start if, if you are keen Mate, um yeah, nice. i did i did want to just before you move on i did have a question for you that we we almost didn't get to um <sighs> well, you, you, the 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 opportunity is past, my friend well you, you would think so except the good thing is i'm holding the microphone uh. here so um so <laughs> so because because well you know what i don't like mate you know, what, you know what I don't like? I don't like people feeling like we haven't explained our terms. You're very good at this. You're very good at saying, just mm-hmm. hang on there. What, what do you mean by this term? And, and you're great about saying, well, actually, I should explain that. And I, I, I'm probably, I guess I'm just mindful. Of, I don't want our listeners not to understand what strawman.com is. Well, and, and it would be a shame if we, if we just bumbled on through the podcast, didn't address that really. There's people right now thinking, shame. I, can't listen, I, can't, I can't move on until I find out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that mm-hmm. would be, it'd be a real, you're right, shame is the right word. It'd be a shame to, to have people stuck at the beginning. And you managed to drag it out longer and longer each week too, <laughs> which is a special kind of skill. I
0: think I like saying skill there rather than something else. I'm just going to grip my teeth and, and move through it as quick
1: as I can. We're no. an online
0: private investment club. Oh, that wasn't uh, my question. Oh, wasn't it? No, thank
1: not my question at all. But thank you for, <laughs> hey. thank you for sharing. Uh, I've okay. got my question now. We probably should just move on, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Mate, let's get to things economic. Uh, a big week of data, a really big day of data on Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday morning. So again, whatever happens when now and now, when you listen to this podcast, we're not responsible for. But enough happened in the first couple of days, mate. We had retail sales out. I think it was Monday or Tuesday, 0.2% was the gain, which is modest and moderate. and You know, it's positive, but not not too outlandish. And then inflation, monthly inflation, not the quarterly number the ABS has used for decades, but the relatively new monthly number, 6.8% inflation, which three years ago, if you told me I'd be happy about that, I would have <laughs> called you an idiot. But here we are, uh, 8.4% December, 7.4% January, 6.8% in February, um, Things seem to be heading towards some sort of normal-ishness uh, and maybe in more of a hurry than we had previously expected. The RBA may well, I might ask you about this, uh, may well pause uh, the rate hiking cycle, as they like to say, uh, in April. They've kind of flagged it. It's a consideration. And if you're going to consider it, I'm not sure how much better things could have been. If you wanted to pause, you couldn't have expected much better than what's happened this week. Um It kind of, the two versions of the commentary I'm seeing is that the economy is on the brink, either of recovery or collapse, because Mm -hmm. it's one of those situations where everything's looking really good, getting back to the way we want it to be. But if it does it too quickly, we know this this is the soft landing, hard landing problem for the RBA is some of the, I saw an ANZ bank some card data earlier this week, suggesting there was some serious negative sales growth, so in other words, sales declines, in mm. some really big categories that maybe uh, we have already gone over the edge, that maybe we're on the other side of the precipice and we just don't see it yet because the data's not available. What did you make of, of this week's data, mate? Yeah, I mean, my, my immediate
0: reaction was like yours. Like, it, it was reported so breathlessly as great news. Mm. And mm. it's just a couple... I mean, I'm not trying to be negative, but just it, it strikes me as a bit odd for a couple of reasons. One as you mentioned like in in the absolute terms, it's phenomenal. Like the target rate is 2 to 3%. so yeah, Almost right. three right. times higher than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the other is that this, like most economic data, it's never mm. smooth and even and, you know, it, just, it always jumps around. So correct. it's sort of like statistically mm. do you look at that and go, oh, it's definitely over. It's mm. recovering. And I think, mm. no, it's not. And it's not going backwards. That's the other. It's not like prices yes, are ever going back correct. to where correct. they were. Yeah. Even if that number that was printed was 2%, mm. well, we're still like all paying, what is it? probably 10% more than we were, you know, uh, pre-pandemic. It's, it's, it's. Hmm. yes, you want stability. Yes, you want the, the inflation to run away. You don't want it to run away. But at the same time, it's still like, I think it's a bit too early to be celebrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, it
1: feels feels as like there's a lot of work to do. Well, that's yeah. true, right? The pumps had inflation fall over there and it's jumped back up again. So there's, you know, we should we shouldn't assume the trend is is necessarily over. That extra work to be done, mate. I think I think that's the challenge, though, right? We know that the RBA will stop stop raising rates long before we get to the target, um, mm-hmm. because by definition, you know, getting back to that point is. You know that they are putting settings in place that will impact in three, four, five, six months. So they they won't wait till they get to the target or stop raising rates. Otherwise, you'd be at one hundred and forty percent interest rates. Um, mm-hmm. So they at some point they will say we're happy with the. I'll use the economist's sort of term: the glide path. Right? We we, mm-hmm. we it's falling. It's continuing to fall. We think it'll keep falling. We don't need to do much more. We'll, we'll keep rates where they are. We'll keep them as contractionary rates. But that should be enough to see inflation continue to fall. That'll be enough. So they will stop at some point when the rate is still. Way higher than they would like, and the historic numbers have shown. Is that is that in our immediate future? What are you What are you expecting for the rest I, of the year? It's just yes. such a mugs game, as we so
0: often say. I I don't <laughs> yep. know. I've, I've my long standing yep. guess, and that's all it is. Is that. Mm. They will have to roll at some point, just because they're going to break too much if, if they <laughs> yeah. don't. It's just always back to that choice of you know You're what right. do you want Hot, hotter yes, than, than than ideal inflation or do you want more serious economic dire circumstances? And everyone yeah. will always opt for the former. Yeah. So I, I think I think that is absolutely it. Um, I mean, the the other thing, kind of can get deep into this, but it's like when you you this inflation number is is something you've got to take with a fairly large grain of salt because your inflation, like Scott yeah. Phillips inflation is different to Andrew Page inflation because we've just yeah. bought different stuff over the yeah. last year yeah. and have different spending habits sort of going forward. I think it's often interesting to look at the categories within that sort of headline number. Yeah. And you know, it's like the, the thing that always stands out to me is it's not, it, the, it. they seem to be pretty fundamental, important things that are of the most concern. Things like bread and milk and fuel, um, electricity, housing—these these things seem. Uh worryingly yeah. elevated above that average sort of figure that's true um yep. and that's and that is the kind of stuff that you can't mm. cut back on right so it's just like yes i get you want to sort of take demand out of the equation here but you, no one's there's there's you you can't take away demand for food and shelter <laughs>
1: too right. much it's
0: always going to have a certain it's,
1: it's, a, it's a pretty one-way street that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, not, there's only certain ways you can do it and none of, none of them go well
0: yeah exactly so I mean, I I think of that as well. I was going to ask you, in terms of the retail prices, you said that was up 0.2 of a percent. Um, Retail sales, yes. Now, that just is is in terms of dollar amounts, right? Correct, yes. And and we also know that inflation is up close enough to 7% over the last year. So does that mean that the actual volume of sales has fallen?
1: Probably, yeah. Um, Now, we've got to be a little bit careful because when you look at monthly the monthly sales data is month on month the inflation mm-hmm. numbers versus last year I got, I got so we have got to imagine. be a little bit careful about the way we interpret these numbers which i know you know but just in terms of when people think about them it's not like sales are up 2% point two 0.2 over the same time frame as okay. as inflation was 7 points Mm. Yeah, six point eight percent. It is. It is likely, though. Even if you, even if you do revert back and look at month on month, it's probable that we are buying less stuff. Yeah, yeah that that's, okay. that seems likely. Now, but part of the problem with the less stuff thing is we're not just. It's not just a physical economy anymore, right? Like it's consuming less services, including maybe watching, having fewer subscription television services. You kind of go, well, how do you? Is that is that a stuff thing? It, it, it's a, you know, it's a it's a really good question, mate, because mm. there's so many bits and pieces here. But it is still probable that the volume of consumption, if you like, rather than the value of consumption is probably down, probably modestly, um, probably very modestly. But yeah, it's very likely that it's down.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. Um, <laughs> I guess would be my <laughs> point. I think, and then the RBA is very clear on it's it's mandate as well. I, I think they will they will. There's probably at least another interest rate rise or two. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just going with the consensus view here on that. But I, th- then I do think it's it's going to be a, a pause and then and then probably uh, <laughs> a, a, a rollback a little bit. Yeah, um, it's. It, uh, I think. You, you sort of see hints of this narrative crop up where it's like mm, mm. when that happens, we're back to the races. And yeah, I think that's yeah. something to be careful of. I, I don't think yeah. that the, the degree of any interest rate reductions are going to be anything like we saw in the past, you know, like 15 years or so, we had that really big structural pullback. We just, I don't think we'll get to that. And I don't think it'll lead to a signal of the parties back on, um, yeah, just I just want to make that point, and it, particularly you know with with housing speculators, equity speculators, it's just sort of like oh, lower interest rates, bull market, everything. Now let's all pile yep. into it. I, yep. I, yeah, I'd be careful of, of of connecting those two
1: thoughts. I think that's true. In fact, there is some hope. Uh, we might talk about banks a bit later. There is some hope that the new normal is not as out of control as the old normal. Not that we don't yep. want prosperity or growth, but you know the, the, we have. I don't know. Speaking of being Pollyanna and cynical, uh, we had the opportunity to to. Oh, I always say, say build back better because that was the old political line post COVID. But we kind of missed that opportunity, right? Like almost entirely, we didn't change anything. Um, yeah. Will um, we? Will we do better out of this one? Again, you'd hope so. Am I? Am I confident? No, I'm <laughs> really, yeah. really not. I wish I was, uh, but that's kind of how we. That's kind of how we find ourselves, and that's I guess the the challenge we've got, mate. Um, <laughs> can we? Can we then go to? I guess. Oh, let's uh, let, let go on. Let, let's dive in head first. The ACTU, the Union's uh, Peak Lobby Group, the, the uh, Australian Council of Trade Unions, the, the peak organisation for the Australian Union movement, is asking for a 7% wage rise for all award wages. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you in the deep end. First, I'm going to make a comment. I'm simply going to ask you, good, bad, indifferent, important, appropriate, uh, reckless? What do you reckon?
0: I... As I've said before, I, I think the, the usual uh, response is wage-price um, in, inflation spiral, mm-hmm. um, and I, I tend to my view on that tends to be there's actually not as much evidence for that as you'd think. Mm-hmm. It's actually in terms of in terms of purchasing power, people on minimum wage have gone backwards quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So this this is this is even if they get a full seven percent mm-hmm. relative to they, where they were in sort of absolute purchasing power terms, they're not they're not moving
1: forward. They're yeah. still going to be a little bit behind. Yep. Um, Isn't that necessary though? Isn't that the point? I mean, the, the, if, we, if we make people whole, then we kind of exacerbate the problem, don't we? Or at least extend it. Well, here's the issue.
0: I, if that's the view you want to take, why do we only ever have this conversation with minimum wage earners?
1: Just, just, just quickly, just only, only because I want to. This is for all award wages, not minimum wage. This is for anybody on a union award, no matter their wage level, is what the ACT is right. asking for. So it's not a seven percent increase to the minimum wage, which should be a different decision. Just so, just so I'm, I'm clear into what we're talking about. Um, this is they are saying everybody who's covered by an award should yep. get a seven percent wage increase, no matter how much they get paid.
0: Yep. So, like, if you're a lawyer or something, and you're able to charge more because of just the state of the market, no one ever seems, or, or corporate executives, and we've—I mean, there's data out there. The, the rate of pay has been so egregious. Uh, no one, no one, no one mentions it in in that kind of context. It doesn't seem to be a problem for inflation then, but it's definitely a, a problem when we're talking about awards and these kinds of things. Hmm. Um, this is, I mean, and, and broader broader strokes. I mean that. Yes, there is maybe a risk that you you're giving with one hand and taking away with the other. But Mm. there are other troubles with just leaving it as the status quo, which is the widening wealth divide, Mm. which is a less overall prosperous society and ultimately really not great for business owners, you need people out there spending. So Henry Ford was talking about this 100 years ago, right? Like you, you the, the, they are a large portion of the population mm-hmm. and if they're already going backwards and you're not going to let them even just keep up with that that is yeah. that is going to have very real implications for bigness yeah. and the big end of town as well so I I just I don't and again my, I, I feel as though why is it on me to mm-hmm. disprove an assertion if someone's going to make an assertion that you do this and you break small business and you break the economy and mm-hmm. you send us into a big inflationary spiral I said well that you need you need to show me some evidence of that. I've actually yet to see anything convincing, where it, you know at best it might be part of the overall equation, but certainly not a dominant driving factor. And it, and we've got to remember the order of events here as well. Inflation happened first, right? It wasn't like in, in, everyone got it, a pay it, rise it. and yep. then it. So so I guess I would flip it back a bit that way and say show me. The clear evidence. I've cited Mm. some academic research as well before on this. And I think look, there's 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 different evidence out there, but that that would be my challenge to people because it's like a lot of things in economic where it it's very it feels very intuitive. It seems to make a lot of rational Mm. sense, Mm. which is which is great. But again, things can be counterintuitive in economics and I just don't see the evidence for it. Now, if someone's listening out there screaming, he's like, no, 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 there's really good evidence for it. Send it through. Like, I'm, I'm genuine. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into an argument. If I'm wrong, I would, I would love to be corrected. But, but have you seen anything that beyond people just asserting
1: it? <laughs> that, that's no, a, that, I, it's, that it's a dominant driver of inflation? I, you know, so here's my challenge, mate, is I, I don't disagree with your quest for evidence. But I also think it's an Occam's razor thing. Occam, Occam's razor? I think it's Occam's razor. The most likely outcome, the most likely cause is probably the cause. Right? The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. Thank you. Is, much better is, put the is, the, is Occam's, yep. Right. And so if you think about the simple reality, of what is in what? So, what, are, your economics, right? What impacts prices is the interaction of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that prices are too far up the price curve, you can either increase supply or reduce demand if you want mm-hmm. to bring prices back down that that's Mm -hmm. so if we start with that and that's that's i think a a pretty good starting point uh and i don't think anyone really disagrees with that as a general idea there is you know when competition doesn't work for example monopolies there are circumstances right but broadly speaking Mm. economically that's the right scenario and in the situation where we can't easily add supply to a society so think about really low unemployment or think about limited supplies of fossil fuels or, or food in this case and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i oh, and we we'll say we shouldn't increase supply by the way i'm just thinking you know if, if if you think about what are the policy responses then the policy response is okay you bring prices down by reducing demand how do you reduce demand you take money out of the economy by putting up rates now i think we've said before there are many more options to increase Sorry, to reduce demand than just interest rates, we should be using fiscal policy and all that kind of stuff. So put that to one side for a second. But the broad idea is you have to get people to spend less money. That, that's how it works. Yep. And so I, I think, I, I don't think, and then by definition, adding money to the economy through pay rises makes, means more money gets spent. Like, again, almost by definition. So I, I kind of, I don't necessarily disagree with your quest for for research. I just think at some level... Occam's razor says, (laughs) it's probable that, and I'm not, we promise we're getting a- When framed that
0: way, it it, it is, mate, but again, I think we we need to be careful with with the language that we're using here. So remember, so are are we adding demand? Well, let's remember that demand by itself, just through the effects of inflation has gone massively backwards. And we just talked about it, 7% over the last year, it was 10% a little bit before that. yep. So the, the demand has gone backwards a very big chunk because of that, yes, and so correct. this this would this would only and it's not even making it whole, right? So you're you are yes by definition right. allowing for more demand, but you're you're still gone backwards in aggregate terms. But it doesn't uh, matter, uh, mate.
1: It doesn't matter. Like moving forward, all that matters is will prices remain higher? Okay. Or, you know, how, how, do we yep. say, how do we stop? How do we how do we stop in? How do we reduce? I'll use the politician's phrase how do you put downward pressure on inflation from the we're recording on the 30th of March from 30th of March what do you do from this point yes and my answer is you take demand out of the economy yes and if you say yes I agree so let's give people 7% more money now I, now, I want to have a bigger conversation I'm not saying people shouldn't get paid more or any more or 7% more at all I'm just making let, let's start with a theory and then work out how we implement it my mm. point is simply making people whole is a very worthwhile course of action except that to do it today would add seven percent to those people's take-home pay, which would almost by definition mean they're going to spend two, three, four, five, six, seven percent more than they would have if they had not got that money, which by definition adds upward pressure to inflation. I just, I just, I don't think. Now we can argue who should get the money, and I don't think they should get nothing. And I think mm-hmm. there are people who are definitely doing it tough. We've said this before, mm-hmm. but I just think I just think as a starting point, we have to. I, I think I, I don't know how we can't. Agree, maybe you do agree, or you don't agree. We we'll can talk about it. Uh, that that you know any, any increase to take-home pay today across the economy must add to inflationary pressures by definition relative to where they would be if we didn't do it. And so yes. that means if you're the Reserve Bank, you're going to do more as a result because you're not going to say, well, that's okay, I'm going to accept higher inflation because there was more wages. You're going to say, they paid them more, cool. And I'm going to put interest rates up further to allow for that. And so it ends up in this false economy where you know, it, it's not a, it's not a real solution. It's a nominal solution. The next year we say, but rates are up again. I need more money. Okay, well, let's do that again. And then we kind of, you know. Yeah I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I guess what frustrates me is the in the 80s, the union movement, and the government got together and actually solved this by having the wages and prices accord, right? They literally said, we need to find ways of incentivizing or reward, rewarding workers. that doesn't add to inflation. Like it, it, and, and it worked. Like it's been done and it worked and it was fine. I think we get to this point and go, I wonder what we could do. It's like, Gosh, you've been there. like the AC, literally Bob Hawke was the ACTU president then Bill Kelty took over and Hawke sat him down and said dude we need, to, we need to fix this and they agreed to restrain wage increases they got other things for it by the way I'm not saying workers should get nothing but they, they found a way to do it um, really quickly just while well, on this Tim Harcourt um, Google if I haven't said this before Google Tim Harcourt Jerome Farah I think it's probably uh, The New Accord, I think it is, an article for The Conversation. It was a really, really good piece where they basically said exactly this, that you know, in, in the face of inflation, and by the way, Tim Harcourt's an ex-ACTU economist, um, he said, you know, we need a new accord of some sort to make sure that we don't just end up with this, you know, feeding more money back into inflation and then asking more wages because there's more inflation and around and around we go.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it all comes back to the framing and I've, I've always got to go back to first principles here. So I mean, everything you say makes intuitive sense, but again, you're just focusing on the demand side of things. And yes. we ostensibly live in a free market capitalist society. Yes, Has the demand for milk or even petrol really shifted that mm. much. We mm. we use what we need to sort of use there. It's not like, oh, I'm feeling flush with cash. I'm going to chug <laughs> an extra two liters of milk. That yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the price of milk, there, there's, something, there's something else going on. Okay, And let's say that you yeah. don't do anything. This isn't... Yeah we're not talking about a very rare commodity that's difficult to get and scarce we're talking yeah. about something that you can breed up more cattle there's there is always and this is the beauty of the invisible hand adam smith's invisible hand of free markets is yeah. that people who are providing milk, go, oh, I'm able to get a better price for it now. I'm making more money. That attracts more competitors. It encourages them to ramp up production. And the market normalizes. Mm. Prices come back down. Mm. Because here we focus on the other side, not just demand, but on supply. Free open markets, you get that supply response. So I think by by this centrally planned idea that the the RBA looks at the economy and goes, we need to control this. We need to fix this. Mm. We need to set the price of money. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to... Well it's not their mandate, but we as a society need to think <laughs> that no. what there are other, factors going on here. And I would posit that the big elephant in the room here is that there's just a lot more cash in the system. So right. you can make as many, change ledgers all you want and print as much paper as you want. There is only yeah. so much of X in the world. And sure. so when we all get stimulus checks and when we all get tax breaks and we all get these kinds of things, there is, and, and, and banks, which make all the money, um, when they're lending a lot more, we just have more money chasing fewer things. That's that's the cause of inflation. Everywhere and every, at all times as Milton Friedman said, you know, inflation is a monetary phenomenon. So I guess my starting point is is at that one. Hmm. And I would I would say that if 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 that is the case, you kind of the system is designed to have inflation, right? It's, it's it's built in and it's desirable too because we've got these ever increasing piles of debt that you want to inflate away in real terms. So it's it's sort of I I feel as though these arguments around rage Price inflation, even if you want to give some credence to it, it's tinkering at the edges of far, far more structural and dominant factors that are are at play here.
1: Okay. But I think that's the looking back. I get that. I get the rage against how we got here, right? And I get that. But we are here. We are where we are now. From this point forward, the job is to get inflation a more reasonable level and to avoid those things that would unduly increase inflation. And so the only question right now is: We got here from whatever through whatever means, fair or foul. We are where we are. Where we are. We can rage against the past, or we can say, right, we are where we are, and we should do both. Right? Let's let's mm-hmm. let's learn yeah. from those. Let's learn from those lessons. Right? So I completely agree with you, um, but but it still comes down to what do you do from from today? Yeah, so I'm so gonna c- oh, go. On.
0: C- all right. So just to add on that. So this, this is another really perverse thing. I think if you start talking about this stuff with ten-year-olds, they're going to ask some really fundamental but really smart <laughs> sort of questions here. And it's kind of, I had this conversation with my boy, not that long ago, so he was basically <laughs> saying, so we need to make people, more people unemployed because that's good for the economy. Oh. Like, yes, that's what people are saying. Yep. So wait a sec, wait, 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 wait what? So, so it's good for the economy if more people lose their jobs and more people l- significantly go backwards in their, their, what they're able to buy. And they, think about that as a statement, right? And it's very easy for people at the upper end of the spectrum. I'm not even saying the top 1%, like if you're in yeah. sort of the top 50%, it's kind yeah. of like... It's, well, you, probably. Yeah.
1: If you're university educated, your, your unemployment rate is going to be single, very low single digits for the most of your, if not your entire working life.
0: It's very rate. easy for people in that situation yeah. to say, yes, we need to do that for the economy. And, yes. and when you think about the actual reality on the ground of that, we are saying more people need to suffer for our collective good. And it feels it feels as though, again, as I'll come full circle, that it's only sort of discussed when it does come to award wage earners and these kinds of things. It just, mm-hmm. it feels there's an intrinsic unfairness about it that look, hey, you people in the bottom 20%, you didn't cause this problem. You suffered most because of this problem. And now we're gonna make you suffer the most and you all need to lose your jobs and make it much harder to make ends meet for the economy. You know? It's kind of like, Hang on, that... That just reeks of of unfairness. So so yeah, there's no perfect solution here. I would I would just say that there is a natural tension where you are going to have advocates, the ACTU, arguing for what their their raise on is to do that, right? Yes, is to fight for workers' rights.
1: Group's and their their right. members <laughs> and their workers have
0: gone yep. significantly backwards in their standard of living. Yep. And they're they're fighting for it. And they need look, I don't I don't know where the magic number is. Should it be seven percent or five percent or ten percent? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think us all focusing on that and the the people at the top end end of the bell curve saying, no, 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 we we can't. You have to suffer a bit more for our Mm -hmm. collective good. My portfolio and my investment properties aren't doing great because of the economy. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, you know, what we could. I mean, it's never going to happen. But in theory, we could sort of say, right, everyone earning over $150,000 a year, your tax is going up by 10%. Guess what? That'll take some demand out of the economy. That'll fix it. Yep. do we discuss and I'm, I'm saying I'm advocating for this by the way does anyone yeah, yeah. does anyone discuss that like, the no range of e- maths e- to do it yeah, it's correct. not even on the table it's not yeah. even next to the table so so it's kind of like if if we are going to have a centrally planned authority that gets to decide where we put and take demand from mm. it's sort of like well can it, we at least include other Parts of society in this discussion. Why is it? Why is it always Bob the truck driver and you know Sally the factory worker that, that they're the ones who have to have to sort of suck it up for the good of the greater good? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too. Uh, I'm, I'm loving I'm loving the rentiness. I'm loving the <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Though do you get what I'm I, saying? I absolutely I absolutely do. I, th- I think I, too much of what we say is just yes. regurgitated. Yes. sort of quote unquote truths that talking heads say. Yes. And I just, sometimes it's worth first principles building it up from there and going, okay, if what you're saying, yeah. the way you argue it sounds right in the way that you mm. premise the question in the context that you put it. But I, it's, it's when you start challenging some of those fundamental yeah. assumptions, I think yeah. a lot of it just breaks down for me at least. Motley full Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at full.com.au forward slash listener.
1: I, so I don't, I don't disagree with your general point or your, or your concerns. I think it is then incumbent on us, well, it's not, but we're doing a podcast, so we might as well make it incumbent on ourselves to, to, to answer the questions that we raise. You know, I, I, and I think, let let me, let me be, let me be slightly, uh, narky, but not, not too narky. I, I think you're absolutely right, except that what I don't love about the debate is when we say, "Well, people say we should do X." As as the as the retort, right? I don't really care what the people say we should do. It's like, well, okay. So what should we do? do you know, the the there, You know, the, the AFR is going to report that union want more wages. Because that's what they do, and that's their that's you know that's that's the <laughs> that's the leadership, right? So, uh, fomenting fomenting that kind of uh, business versus employee war is 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 a great fodder for the AFR, just as other tabloid papers will do something different for for the same sorts of reasons. I, I think my General view, my general take, I suppose, is that it's also those people who are going to get hurt worst by inflation if it continues, and so the, the, it incumbent on us to, as a society, to come up with a better solution. If that's not the right one, then what is the better solution? And I don't think I would get rid of the stage three tax cuts. There's, 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 totally. there's you Ex- know? except that's probably you know, you know the wor- you know the worst part. I've had people say that on Twitter. I completely agree with it. I've said that many times for different reasons. By the time they come out in mid 2024. If we're not already into hell in a handbasket, things are probably going to be okay by then. So they're actually they're actually less likely. Like the problem is inflation is now, right? It's, it's between now and September when it, when something makes a difference. Frankly, if the ACTU wage increases come through next say, June, yeah. it's the same. It's the same conversation. It's, mm. it's just as irrelevant because um, because it, it literally will be. If we've got apes in inflation, in, you know, in, in June or July twenty twenty four, when the stage 3 tax cuts come in, then yeah, we're better off anyway. Um, if it was down to you know four and a half percent by then, then it's just less of a less of an issue. I'm I'm against the stage three tax cuts for a dozen reasons. This one's actually not one of them in, in terms of you know at least in terms of the top dozen because of the, the, the timing of them. But I think that's the that's the problem. I've I've suggested before we should be adding two rates to deal with inflation with things like income tax increases, uh, potentially a GST increase and in using superannuation. They're the top three for me, as well as rates. I think you have to do rates for, for exchange, foreign exchange reasons as much as anything. Uh, otherwise, we'd import a heap of inflation, which is just counterproductive. So rates needs to be part of the reality, sort sure, of going back to a fixed exchange rate, um, which I guess we could argue, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, so you gonna use rates to some degree, but I think you could use other fiscal tools we've said before to do that. I just, I don't think, here's my thing, mate. I think, and we've said this before ages ago on the podcast, actually, probably might have been during COVID. The idea of, you know, I, th- I think you and I both agree a lot of our lower paid workers are paid too little. But the problem to fix that is the time to fix that is not in a period of you know very very high inflation, right? Yeah. And so you say, well, when do? Except you it, it, it
0: never gets talked about. It never. It's like <laughs> now be, is uh, not. But, the, it's
1: like uh, climate change. Or oh, now is not the time to talk
0: about it. Like okay. But, the we, but again, <laughs> let us know when we're allowed to talk about. But that. That's respond
1: to other people's stuff, right? Our job is not to respond to what, what knuckleheads say in the paper. Our job is to say when should it be done. So, mm. so the answer to me is it should be done when inflation is back within target. I, I would be very 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 supportive of a significant wage increase whether it's 7% or not, it's an open question. I don't have a real number. At the point in time at which it's less likely to cause meaningful problems to the economy, which hurts those people, you've already said, inflation hurts mm. those people worst of all, right? So I think the best thing we can do for those people, honestly, is fix inflation first. Mm. Now we have to then say, and then do the rest. And your point, cynical though it is, is absolutely right, which is people won't do it because it, the, once it's like I said, building back better. We didn't because things improved. We went, oh, oh, good, we have to have those hard conversations then because everything's okay now it's so, like no that we still should have those conv- it still matters right so yeah. you're right to you're right to be skeptical um, or maybe cynical but um, but you know i think there's there's i think there's a there was there but there's an actual time i'm not saying you know it's like the old gun gun death thing oh now's not the time thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers you know that that's the time to talk about it because it is the time to talk about it because mm-hmm. there's no downside to doing it i think you want to increase i want to increase wages of people on lower incomes and i want to do it meaningfully and i want to do it same with welfare by the way just to really really roll some people up um but doing it right now would just it would actually be counterproductive for those very people because whatever we give them because inflation lasts an extra 6 months, 12 months longer becomes a problem. And I think that's my that's my big issue.
0: Well that's where you draw the line, right? So it's there's there's a there's a spectrum and at one point for some people on that spectrum this wage increase just stops them going deeper into a hole towards yes. oblivion. Yep. So so you bring them whole they're they're not overinflating the economy, right? They they're, they're yep. just they're buying the basics already and if you're struggling at that that point I feel as though you can definitely give an instant rise whatever it is right up yep. to that limit yep. Yep. and it's going to have absolute stuff or uh, impact on, on the broader economy. If you're getting to a point where it's like, oh, all of this extra money, I'm just gonna go out and buy extra iPhones and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. And this is why it's so it's such a nuanced conversation, right? Correct, so correct. when you say, does everyone in Australia get a 7% rise? Well, no, that's stupid. Yeah, but. But there's, I would, I would argue, and I'm sure if Sally McManus was here, she would say, yes. Well, here's, a, here's, a, look at our nurses, look at our teachers, yeah. look at yeah. again, all, all, of the heroes of COVID and the backbone of mm-hmm. us, you know, the people. who oh, just, again, 100% agree. You know, yep. make society tick, yep. which I'm such yep. in awe of. I know it's almost sort of hackneyed to say, but it's true, right? But, if, you we, think, but if we have to do, why all do all people would, do these jobs? My yeah. wife's training to be a teacher at the moment. was like, yeah. she's not doing it for the money. I can tell you that right <laughs> My now. My wife's a teacher.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um. But, but you know I I'd happily legislate it now, and but but I legislate it and say we will increase wages for those people when inflation is back at whatever level we think is reasonable and, and the economy can absorb. So I'm not mm. I'm not saying we shouldn't have the conversation. You know I'm the last person who's saying let's let's ignore it, let's pretend, let's let's forget. You know don't talk about it. Hopefully people forget about it. I'm absolutely saying let's put a pin in it, put it on the agenda, legislate it now for all I care. Um, mm. As long as it's done in a way that is appropriate at that point to my mind anyway, which gets it to uh not economically damaging you know the real you know the real challenge with inflation mate and here's why excuse <coughs> me guys my throat here's why it's it's so insidious right now is if we if we increase taxes on the people earning over a quarter of million dollars right mm-hmm. the simple reality is that in most cases it's not going to hurt spending that much because those people are spending most of this money yeah. And so the real, and that's why, that's why it's so insidious because the really difficult part is we have to reduce demand. So you actually got to do it at a level or for products or people or something, which might make some sense actually to do the GST as much as it's regressive and as much as you need to look after low income earners. Um, it's, it's a spending you've got to stop, right? So you, you, could, you, could, you could double Twiggy's tax rate. And he wouldn't spend any less money. I mean, yeah, and if he does, it'd be on assets that he's swapping. So it's not, it's not consumption spending. It doesn't hurt inflation, right? I hear what you're saying, but that's actually an
0: argument for why we should tax more, right? <laughs> At the top end. It's like, it's a, no, zero impact to your lifestyle. So it's going kind to of like- But oh again, but again very
1: different very different set of different conversations. Different conversation. Right? But yeah, for fiscal yeah. reasons, like, I agree with you. I know that's why I would also agree with you about uh, rolling stage through tax cuts. So where you need a ticket there too. What I mean is right now, if you had to affect- you, the, the, right, the right way to do it would be to, to put a GST increase on discretionary items or, or some, mm-hmm. some version, if it could actually be done. It's not overly difficult, but you couldn't get it done in six months, so it's not worth doing. But you'd say, right, anything that's discretionary, that's where, that's where, the, that's where the prices or that's where the demand needs to be cut. Because you're right, you, know, you can't have less bread, less milk, less you know fuel for the most part. But the stuff that you can absolutely impact inflation on is those discretionary items. It's probably again. Let me offend almost exactly everybody now. It's probably the middle-income earners where you need to be able to say to those people, "Hey, carve the last hundred bucks a week off your spending. You know, trade down on your caviar and your. Oh no, I'm not having caviar, but you know, like it's mm. it's, it's reducing the amount of discretionary spending." That's got to be the target. That's pretty much smack bang middle Australia, right? People on welfare and on pensions and on low incomes are like, what do you mean discretionary? I haven't spent a discretionary dollar in 10 years. And you're right. They're getting absolutely smashed by inflation. The people like Twiggy are saying, well, I, what, what do I care, right? I buy one less farm, one less whatever. It's just not going to impact inflation at all. Mm. It's, it's, that, it's that middle, frankly, top of, the, you know, top of the bell curve where it's like, that's the stuff we need to somehow impact. If you, if you wanted to effectively, efficiently impact inflation, that's exactly what you target. There's another lens I
0: you know can look at here. It, it, again, it's a statement that starts a lot of these explanations, but then <laughs> pause to think about it. It's like, when we say people are spending too much, I mean, yeah. what, what does that mean? Yeah. Wasteful spending or how is it having consequences elsewhere mm. or is it just sort of, and again, I come back to the basics of the food, the fuels, the shelter, oh, these yeah. kinds of things. These things are relatively stable in demand. I just don't see, <laughs> I, I don't see the, the important things being influenced Correct. by this because the demand is is kind Correct. of s- sort of steady. And if we are going to go into the discretionary realm of whatever it happens to be and, and people can afford it and they make the calculus that they want it and they spend mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. on it, Then so what if prices go up, right? They're they're choosing the market. I'm a very big believer in the market will sort itself out. If for whatever reason their individual circumstances get harder and they can't do that and I stop buying my Gucci handbags or whatever it happens to be, Mm. does a reduction in demand for highly discretionary retail items have a big impact on the price of food inflation? Like, no, but it doesn't so. need to. I'm not right, I'm not, because- not spending it there and buying extra bananas, right? But like, doesn't, again- it doesn't need to
1: have an impact on food inflation. It, it, it it's impacting the overall amount of demand in the economy, which re to your point about the market. That's exactly what it does. But you need the market. You need the you need the mechanism to actually drive that. Otherwise, what you end up with is more extreme booms and busts. Because the market mm-hmm. will sort itself out eventually. The planet will sort itself out. Climate change isn't the problem for the planet, right? Let's <laughs> let's let's go something else controversial. Like mm-hmm. the planet doesn't give us stuff. It'll happily warm up and then kill us all off and then it'll find its own equilibrium in a couple of million years and it'll go on perfectly fine until the sun explodes the planet does not care but but we know that if we let it happen the, you know, again, carved, topping off, cutting off the tops of the booms and, and filling in the bottom of the bus is what this stuff is about. So, yeah, we could, I think, I'd, uh, to be cynical and just for fun, I could apply the same thing to your point about wage increases. No, the ACTU shouldn't, in fact, we shouldn't be the ACTU at all. Let the market sort it out. Now, in that case, you say, no, 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 it doesn't work for this reason. I think that's, you're right, you're absolutely right. But I think the same is true across the board. The market doesn't sort it out in a way that is acceptable to our society because of the damage it causes. And our ability to make those extremes less extreme is. What governments actually exist for in the first place right that's the, the, the yeah. whole idea of governments is yeah. to is yeah. to is to make those extremes less extreme
0: yeah that 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 is true that the trouble with that Keynesian viewpoint is that you know it's like communism it really it's really great on paper the reality <laughs> is is that we might fill in the troughs but we never cut off the tops right so it's sort of like the the theory is is that when times are good you tax more you build up your safety net you know you, you take it out of, and and then when when times are really tough you use that firepower to sort of help stimulate things but we yeah. we only tend to do one of those things which is which is how we get into at, these. at extreme- the moment that's absolutely
1: true yeah. Do, you, yeah
0: do you know what i'm saying so it's yeah. kind of like I get the. Yeah, we we have done Keynesian the property for twenty
1: years. We have done Keynesian property for twenty years. It was, we you know, right? go- governments used to Hawke, Keating, Howard. Governments used to care about budget balance and about mm-hmm. structural realities. Um, I, I, I will say though, I, I think that's I mean, people say that about super, super, super has been bastardised. Therefore, we shouldn't have it at all. And I think that the, the there is there's still a place in between, which is actually we could return to in this case, Keynesian management, without having to junk that system and say it doesn't work. Keynesianism does work. It's not being applied appropriately in my view. Yep. We know it, it has worked, will work, could work if we had decent, you decent know, decisions being made in places like Canberra, Washington and London and mm. et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what i do?
0: Here's my solution. i come yeah, at know. it orthogonally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the problem up. tends to be excessive credit creation, yep. I, I think. We have periods of exuberance Banks are very willing to lend. A lot of malinvestment happens. Yep. In, t- in yep. terms of true. business models that aren't viable and wouldn't be viable at most points in the economy, they only survive. They're yes. essentially zombie companies and they survive. 87.com, 2016. Absolutely true. You know, because it's just I can continually, I might be losing money in my operations, but I continually have access to very cheap money, uh, mm. uh, you know, either through very cheap loans or very, uh, very excessive valuations where I can raise equity. And yep. so it, it, what I would do is just sort of like looking at the root cause of the problem. I'm not talking about getting rid of fractional reserve banking or anything like that. <laughs> but I would very much have much, much more stringent lending conditions. Oh, I, I think Absolutely. that uh, that yep. would take a lot longer to wash through and play yep. out. Yep. I think this is going to sound harsh, but I think there's a lot of businesses that need to go to the wall right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been propping them up unfairly at the expense of everywhere else. You know, they're, it's, it's, they're sort of the ones that caused this problem. It was the excess of that and all this stupid spending that this is what's led to inflation. Mm-hmm. Not not, a lot not, point, not the mate. fire engine driver who's, who's buying too much milk and bananas, right? So yeah. it's sort of, it feels as though that needs to go away and we, we need to, we, we just make, it's just human nature. We make the same mistakes every cycle. Yeah. We go through something like the GFC. Oh my God, that was terrible. Let's never do that again. Let's put rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. In place, things get better. We wind them back. We go too far, and the whole merry dance uh, goes on. And again, it's always the most least capable, the, the least able to weather those storms that, that suffer the most through it. So I, I would just say, <laughs> this is: let's look at where the credit creation is coming from, the circumstances in which that's being made, and let's put much tighter regulations around it. I think I think you would find that that would have a bigger and more meaningful lasting impact.
1: So I agree with that. Um, with a couple of exceptions i think that's a little tiny bit jaundiced because growing economies also have taken unemployment in australia down to three and a half percent three point four percent which is the best rate since effectively world war Two, i think it might have been the early 70s but a bloody long time mm-hmm. i think that's also true that if you combine those the the the, the growths the booms the whatever don't aren't absent uh benefits for other people including some of those that put them in the income spectrum as well and again i'm not saying they you know they should be thankful or they should you know <laughs> i gave you something what the hell else do you want i threw you some bread you want milk as well what the hell's wrong with you um but but i think there is there is i just I, we shouldn't miss the gains on the upswing as well yeah. i think that that's also true you think about but, but, the- but
0: those gains on the upswing i'm just mm. so i I, I get what you're coming from. They they need to be supported by real value creation, right? It, and yes. when and that, the I nature of business that, yeah. is and entrepreneurism, yeah. it doesn't happen. It's risky and whatever. But yeah. I feel as though we feel we expect to be sheltered from consequences. And again, if you yeah. really want to embrace <laughs> the free market and the rest, mm-hmm. of it, you kind of say, well, when businesses fail, they, they need to fail, right? That's yeah. actually yeah. That, that's it, it's a better thing longer term than rather it becoming a system wide sort of endemic problem and. And that sounds harsh, but again, it, it comes it comes back to the kinds of how we choose to fund things and how easy we tend to make that. And there, there yeah. needs to be more robust policies in place for, for that reason. Not I'll to say not that. your your point is, yeah, we still need to encourage entrepreneurism and business creation and job creation, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we just don't we just don't need to let private banks <laughs> have so much control over where it goes in a consequence free environment full of moral hazard to make hay while the sun shines and know that there's no consequences when things eventually you know, end badly in that, in that mm, kind of mm. scenario.
1: Baking aside, mate, um, do you think there were businesses that were, I, I'm trying I'm try to, I'm trying to find the line between, there are plenty of people who are even on Twitter. And I, again, I'm not miles away from you. We, we kind of, we I'm, I'm trying to find the disagreements for the sake of the conversation rather than vice versa. Sure. Because um, I've said some similar-ish things, not probably not as strident as you on Twitter and people have come back to me and said, well, we need to support innovation. We want to support entrepreneurship. There's no incentive to start a business in Australia. Um, the uh, where do you draw the line between the support of and again, i'm not saying it's either or right i'm, I'm trying to mm-hmm. find the midpoint between don't lend money what the hell's wrong with you people it's too much credit uh this is stupid yeah through it's great, to great through question. to if we do nothing then you know the people who need the money who, who are mortgaging their homes to try and start their business uh, their dreams mm-hmm. and maybe it's csl maybe it goes broke maybe it's probably somewhere in between. Um, what, what would the solution be in your mind to make sure we don't kill the goose that lay the golden egg and you know, try, trying to solve the problem? Yeah, as always, it's about incentives.
0: And I, I think the, the, the people making these um, lending decisions need to be, there needs to be consequences. Yeah. So you trust the bank. Here's, here's Mr. Bank, here's my money. Look after it. I need some <laughs> transactional services and be nice. If you pay me a bit of interest along the way, Yep. Here it is. It's yours. They're going to go out and they're going to lend it out. That's modern banking. It's been a wonderful boon for civilization. It's a great thing, right? I'm not I'm not going to get hardcore libertarian <laughs> here on you by any side. It's, it's Fractional reserve banking has uh, a lot of advantages, yep. but but the very nature of the model is is that they're taking that and they're investing it. Now, if you're a bank and everyone's lending like crazy and the good the 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 party is in full swing, yep you're going to do it and you're going to do it. Uh-huh. Now, like, you know, five years ago, we never would have lent this money to this company under this right, situation or okay. this. We just wouldn't do it. Okay. But I'm going to do it now uh, because even though I know, this is the, one of the big lessons from the big short, right? Like, even though I know this doesn't make a lot of sense, I'm going to be bailed. I mean, personally, me, I'm going to be okay. And I can probably make right. a lot of money in, in the interim. Now, if I think you have a situation where it's like, no, <laughs> That's that is that is. There, I, I would actually have two classes of banking: basic banking services, yeah. which, as I've I said, we, which which is just we look after your money. We we provide you the say you know, the 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 cards and you know the transactional services and all of this kind of stuff. But you're not going to earn mm-hmm. much interest that, that that kind of thing. And then you've got banks which are more investment banks. And it's like no, it gives you money. We're going to make we're effectively a, a fund manager on your behalf. Yes. It's exactly one, what yeah. it is. Yep. Really, yep. We, yep. we call them different things. Yeah, and that's and that, again. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think a lot of people would. I think for a big part of my money, I would if there was a trusted institution that was really good at lending mm-hmm. out money because lending mm-hmm. out money can be a wonderful business if you're smart about it because yep. You take your money, you give it to someone who's a, a rainmaker who creates this wonderful business, and they you, you get all this wonderful return on it. It's it's a great it's a great great thing. But if you if you're consequence free and that moral hazard exists, that's that's what keep to answer your question. That's what keeps it in check. Whenever there is no consequences, there, there is no check, and and that is why the bad lending will happen. So we want lending. And, and bankers aren't idiots, in mm. some ways. Um, they, will, they, they will not, let you, in, in that environment, right? Yeah. In that environment, you are going to be much more prudent to who you lend to. And that's, that's, yeah, right. that's what fixes the problem. You still get, so the, you know, mm. Scott Phillips walks into his local branch with the best business idea ever and and well laid out and they're, going to, they're going to lend it to you right because that's a good idea that's a safe bet he's a guy who knows what he's doing good experience he's got a bit of a base of capital he's got a really sound, sound business but we're going to lend to you. so so the good guys the the true value creators of society will will still get access to their capital but but me rocking up with my app that connects me with i don't know some stupid app idea you know I I, I maybe I'm not going to get funded because the banks make a look at and go well I'm not at this stage it's too risky and it, it kind of that that problem is avoided. It's better funny, mate.
1: Avoided. I, I, I think you make, you make absolute sense, but I'm also mindful of the businesses that are successful today that wouldn't have been funded because they were out of the box, right? So I go, I go to the bank manager with a very, I'm, I'm going to open a new farm next to the farm that's already there. I've got half the money already. I've been farming for 25 years, going to have some money. Pleasure, yeah, here's some money. That, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you know, that, yeah. that kind of idea, perfect. I say, I'm going to start a computer company that's going to invent a thing that eventually will become the iPhone. And the bank manager laughs at other things. Don't be stupid. What the hell's wrong with you? Of course, that's not going to work. Who's going to Who's going to use one of those things? I, I don't know where the bank managers necessarily. Maybe I'm. I'm not even. I'm not. Arguing, I'm not arguing for the. Well, idea. you'd raise there's equity, some,
0: wouldn't you? You You'd bootstrap it up. You get some friends. Every all of the. That's that's the Apple story, right? That's the Google story. They're all in the garage, bootstrap from their own capital. Like those businesses, those those things still happen, right? Like the. the I think the counterfactual is worth exploring. There, it's not like unless it a is. bank unless a bank gives me seed funding for my startup i can't yep. start i think no there's but there's neither, plenty of yeah. other funding mechanisms you
1: know but neither of us has the data to assert to, to prove the assertion that we're both making from different directions right you're saying of course the banks are lending stupid money to people who don't deserve it now i'm not yeah. i'm not literally expecting you to prove it because you can't and we can't whatever yeah, sure. i'm just making the point that idealistically we can say yeah, I, no, I actually agree with you were they lending stupid money probably yes to some people at some point but how do you how do you find the right line in a system where that's where you try to make that more um, manageable, uh, or controllable, lower risk, whatever? It's it, it, by definition, it's this really weird kind it, of combination. It, it of who, do you, who, who do you who do you how do you stop them lending to the wrong people and to the right people? But you we d- we you have our our standard, they have their standard. There's some there's something somewhere there. It's. I don't know. I, again, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying I want them to, to make stupid loans. Again, I'm like I'm completely on team page here in terms of that. But I, but I do wonder in the in reality, I'm, and I'm a big fan of more regulation, right? Increased banking regulation. I think is 101. I think we should absolutely split the banks up. To your point, we used to. The Glass-Steagall yeah. Act in the yeah. U.S. got got thrown out um, and yeah. created the the conditions for the GFC and frankly the conditions yep. for Silicon Valley Bank and others. So and they were put
0: there for good reasons in the first right, place, like exactly. from the previous yeah, crisis, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the only thing. What we learn from history that we don't learn from history. It's, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's slightly bizarre. It's slightly yeah, bizarre.
0: Uh, yeah. It, it's. It, I guess you touch on again the, the phrasing you use is is interesting in the sense that what do we do about it? I, I keep coming. Back to the idea: when it comes to highly dynamic, complex systems full of feedback loops, you know, like the economy, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the height of hubris to think that we can control it or measure it. Such an amorphous. You just we you just
1: said we should we should stop banks making silly loans. Su- so let me finish my, my it. point. It's such all an right, amorphous,
0: right. emergent phenomenon, and what we know is that it's it's actually gazillions of tiny little individual. Yeah. decisions that that add up and that tend and tend itself it's a self-correcting system you're just not going to yes. buy apples at four hundred dollars an apple right you know <laughs> there there are certain things yeah. that just yeah. sort of fix themselves So some when i say what do we do about it i think where yeah. where people go wrong is they they directly intervene to the market where i think it's actually we're not miles apart here mate but it is more about framing the rules of the game yeah i think that's that's what you do you you understand that it's it's incentives that really matter that's why capitalism works so well we've all got a profit motive there to do to to make money i need to create value for my fellow man and woman um and that's that's the that's the bargain that we we all get into so it's what am i trying to say here I, i just think we don't what we don't do is come in and say, "I, as the high priest of the central bank, <laughs> am going to set the price of money at X." And I'm a good guy, yeah. and I'm going to do it for the best of intentions. Yeah. But it's 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 cra- it's why communism doesn't work and centrally right, planning right. doesn't work for economy. We, I don't know how much evidence we need for that, but we're kind of doing the same thing <laughs> right. for the most important commodity yeah. on earth, which is actually yeah. money. You know, in terms yeah. of the lubric- yeah. what lubricates the global all of global trade. So, uh, yeah. to my yeah. mind, it just it becomes a little bit like let's set up, set up the, the fences, set up the rules, and then let the market do its thing. And, and it will generally it, – it will, it will, there, there will be still booms and busts and that, but I think we get away from this problem of having to sort of drive this thing that cannot be drived oh, oh. and forming a whole bunch of unintended consequences. The stuff that we are living through right now, I would argue, is very much a direct consequence of the response we had to the GFC. Right. Yeah, it, right. it, you know, and, and, yeah, and, and what, what was done during the GF? Oh, we had to do it. The, the, the alternative was too disastrous. And there's a lot of truth in all of these kinds of things. But again, it shows that there are unintended consequences and that cans yes. do get kicked down the road. Correct. Correct. And, and, it, and it, it, we meddle. We meddle in things that are beyond our ability to, to effectively meddle in. So we just know, know your limitations, know what you can do and focus, mm. focus on, on that kind of stuff.
1: Let's finish off, mate, with a bit of fun. Uh, poor old Uncle Elon. He's uh, he's had a tough he's had a tough week this week. Uh, he wrote an email to employees of Twitter, and he said, uh, effectively, guys. So um, this Twitter thing, I just torched twenty four billion US dollars, which I don't know if that's the most lost by an individual in a single company, but it must be very, very, very close. I am guessing because uh, apparently, well, we know that Musk paid about forty four US million. Billion dollars, sorry for Twitter, uh, and he reckons Twitter is now worth twenty billion dollars. Now, on one hand, he's still worth twenty billion dollars. I'm not going to feel sorry for the bloke. On the other hand, torching twenty four billion dollars in less than a year is a hell of an achievement, is it not?
0: I've got a little sympathy because <laughs> he, he he put himself in the situation.
1: Oh, he, didn't he? He, he was, was there. He's quite humorous.
0: He was sniping from the <laughs> sidelines. Um, this is how you fix Twitter. So, I'm reminded of yeah. is that a Mickey Mantle quote that says you don't realize how easy this game is until you get into the commentary booth. Yeah, And, yeah, I like and it. it's so good. It, it, it just yeah. it's like with investing is like it's so easy from the comfort of your armchair, you know, yeah, until yeah, you sort of yeah. get into you know the <laughs> you man in the is. ring. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's Elon sort of saying, oh, it's so easy. I oh. would do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. It's it's not it's not easy. So. <laughs> Um. Very little sympathy. I. Yeah. I also think. Um. Uh, he's. He's. He's in a very tough spot. So his immediate reaction was to get rid of. How much did you say it was? Three quarters of the. the <sighs> yeah. <workforce>? Apparently,
1: <laughs> close to three quarters of the prison workforce. That's so he's really going low. to cut
0: costs, and maybe there yeah, was a lot. Yeah. I'd say in Silicon Valley, yeah. in general, in tech, in general, there was yeah, a lot of excess right. costs, yeah. right? So yeah. there's not. Yeah. I think the intent is probably right. We've actually seen lots of pretty much all other uh, companies to do, do the same since. But the the thing again is worth remembering mm. that they weren't doing nothing. All of those people and mm. you, what's the saying? You can't cut yourself to greatness. You know, yes. there there is a there is a scenario in which there is so little investment that the platform stagnates and someone else comes yeah. along and, and wins it. Right? So yeah, yeah. you know, it, I there was talk at one stage. He was he sort of hinting at this thing called the Everything app, which is sort of. Yeah, more like what they have that. in China with WeChat and these. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, in other words, it's not just social media; it's also messaging, it's also shopping, it's also micro It's all these, yeah, exactly. all of these other. You just, I just use Twitter, and it's this sort of gateway to to the internet. Yeah. But I think he has to kind of do something radical like that because because it's just sort of like you, you, you just you're stagnating. Oh, all, these, all these all yeah. these easy yeah. wins yeah. that yeah. you thought were going to turn the company around yeah. and haven't done it. Yeah. So you kind of have to take a bit of a, a, a shot at this point because you're, you're bleeding cash. And it's a lot harder than you thought. So I don't know. He, he's crazy enough to try something really le, you know, left field.
1: Um, it'd be fascinating to watch. I think that's his big opportunity, right? The guy doesn't care. Yeah. You know, when, when he literally, you know, I, I, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I definitely know it. It's true. But uh, he, he seems not to care about what other people think. Mm-hmm. He seems to be happy to make unpopular decisions, decisions that would arguably be, speaking of the market deciding, uh, you know, uh, if you're sacking three quarters of people that work for you you're saying, sorry, I'm not going to pay you anymore because, you know, those are, those are big calls and maybe others may or may not have been prepared to make such big swinging cuts, feeling there's some obligation or something else, right? So those things are, are definitely in his favour. Um, I am mindful that uh, th- there, is a, there is a very much a, 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 a worshipping of Elon, and I think he probably deserves a lot of credit for the successes of Tesla and SpaceX. SpaceX in particular, right? When rockets land back on their launch pads, that's just that's just like, it's not sort even of believable science fiction, it's ridiculous. And yet it's true, right? So you get that. There is though a sense of people saying, see how good Elon is, he can do anything. It's like, it's not how it works. Do you point about being in the commentary box? It's like, you know, Michael Jordan tried to be a baseball player after playing basketball. Turns out being a great athlete is not yeah. even a thing. You know, you're, you're a great basketballer. Yeah. I don't know. how Has anyone has anyone really been able to change codes? Meaningful? I think it was a, one of the women's soccer players, also a hockey player, I think, or a cricket mm-hmm. player, sorry. So mate, there's probably like two or three where they're Well, you, union to league is not much it. of a shift in it's some not really, ways. It? You it's, say not, it's not really. The ball's a bit essential. fatter. There's a couple more blokes on the field. That's about it. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, like in terms of, I just, I think there's a You've got to be very careful. In, I think Elon has learned about hubris. Probably hasn't because no, you don't, don't tend to learn if you're, if you're that sort of person. Yeah. But, uh, but investors and followers should do the same thing, right? The fact that, oh, Elon's great. He can do anything. He's, he's really smart. It's like, there's a lot of smart people who are in jail. There are a lot of smart people who, who blow things up. Who, yeah. You know, the, 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 the idea that smarts is enough or even, even past success. I'm a big fan of management generally. But I'm also a big fan of making sure that management aren't just beneficiaries of, of one single good call or lucky call or right place at the well, right time. Or right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And you kind of go, eh. That's so a big like, story. Look, that is a big story I think
0: everyone misses. If Steve Jobs never existed, right. someone yes. else would have invented yep. the iPhone. I know that's 100%. sort of heresy to say, but eventually we would have of had touchscreen phones, you know, yeah.
1: connected yep. to the internet. Because partly it was the fact that he was in the right place at the right time. Yep. That we had... 4G, 3G, 2G. The iPhone doesn't exist without, you know, if Jobs had, and, and you know, I'm sorry, he did pass away early, but if he had died ten years earlier, mm. it, it, even, even Jobs wouldn't have invented the iPhone because didn't, it didn't, the technology didn't exist. Out the right Gorilla Glass from Corning. Mm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, these things weren't possible ten years earlier. So you, you know, if Jobs was ten years old, ten years younger, he would have invented the iPhone himself. It would have been someone yeah. else who did it after that because it just wasn't available at the time. And I think that's the Musk. The Musk. I'm, I'm, I like. I I love poking fun at Musk. I think he's a bit of a knucklehead. Personally, I've said that before. I've been taken to task for that before. I've apologized for that before in different contexts. Um, uh, you know, his his approach is not. I don't think particularly um, <sighs> successful in every endeavor he tries to. He tries to yeah. compete, and I think it's a shame to or a mistake to to overegg it. Um, I that being said, mate, for all that, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is a hundred billion dollar business in three years. Simon Musk is another hailed for more visionary success because at some point to your point if you are throwing enough stuff at the wall and so let's just you know maybe yeah. it is the everything app, maybe it's something else there's every possibility with the number of users he's only got to kind of get it roughly right and and you know there's these things scale enormously they, they yeah. descale very quickly as we're finding out but you yeah. yeah, they can scale very quickly as well so
0: i mean <clears throat> it's it's funny when you talk about elon you're either on team elon or you're not and it gets very yeah, binary and it stuff i'm mean, kind of I, I hate to make such a make that dichotomy and, and and make a choice but I, I'll put it this way I'm glad that Elon exists in the world yeah totally not because I I think he, again he does a lot of dumb things he says a lot of dumb things I'm not a fan of a lot mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. he does but I love that there's someone out there who's willing to take the moonshot mm-hmm. I'm like to my earlier comment if he wasn't around would have the entire uh, automotive industry switched to electric yeah probably would yeah. have happened probably would have taken a lot longer to be fair would have, definitely Um but but the fact that there's someone who's just going to do the crazy, I'm really glad that, that they're you, out there. Do you know? Yep, because it, yep. it just you need you need that kind of Howard Hughes kind of character, that Nikola Tesla <laughs> kind of character that just yep, yep. that is just going to. And like a lot of them will fail, but a lot of them won't as well. Doesn't it? Have, by the way, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Elon by all, any stretch. But yeah, I just. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, I feel better about my species and humanity <laughs> yeah, that's right. knowing that they're the crazy yeah. ones out there that yep. are also yep. not just crazy, but they've got the resources to do it. And you can debate whether it's the best use of resources and the rest of it, but yeah, I'm yeah. all for going to Mars. You know, <laughs> I'm all for electrifying everything. Um, I, 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 I They make things, they make. Mm, mm. What am I trying to say here? Uh, the world would be a lot more boring without without these kinds of people. Yes. So if I if I can sort of put my myself as an Elon fan in that narrow context, <laughs> they will.
1: All change depends on the unreasonable person, as they as they say, which I think yep, is true. Love that. The only the only the only caveat I'd add, just because I feel like adding some balance, is it's also how you end up with um, Doctor Evil style characters too, right? Because you go one way, the other if they, if they if they if they're here for good, then we're really yes. really lucky. If they're here for if they're here for nefarious purposes, we're in all sorts of trouble because <laughs> yeah, exactly. these things go these things go both ways very quickly, very like true. Luther and dr evil and, and then plenty of others beside every yeah. bond villain uh, who has a lot of money and, and is half smart but all of a sudden falls off the falls off the uh, the wagon where, where all sorts of trouble but we've talked for way too long i was just, it just, have just quick, quickly have to chat. say if there got, was in, yeah. in
0: the in the modern sort of cast uh, i think uh, lex Luthor would would have to be jeff bezos right he's got the look uh, <laughs> yeah he's got the bald head you <laughs> man. he's got the ball i think i think he'd be, he'd be my call for lex Luthor. really i have a mask nah musk is more yeah how would you what what analogy
1: would you give there he,
0: he's he's more he's more the anti-hero you know what i mean like
1: he's he's not he's, he's you mean watching too much iron man yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> on that happy note mate will you come back on Sunday to answer some of our listeners questions yeah i always look always enjoy that yeah let's all right until it. then i'll try and remember what strawman is and full on <laughs> good luck